and welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch from 6 to 9 every weekday morning at hitthatline.com, where we also have great content like videos, articles, and podcasts. So be sure to check that out as well. Is there dissension in the Razorback football locker room? Lots of people talking about that. We'll talk about that ourselves, as well as get into your tweets that you sent in and some questions that you have for the podcast and also some voicemails as well. We're going to have a lot of fun with it, folks. And you know what I have fun with? I have fun with going to concerts, seeing my favorite band, or being there at a football game, basketball game, whatever it is. I love to attend things. I love to attend events. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice doesn't matter they got it all to make things even easier visit seats is giving listeners all of you right now an exclusive promo code for twenty dollars off two hundred dollars or more on their orders and you save you even more money go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app use promo code locked on for twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more every purchase is backed by a hundred percent buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all download the app and enter promo code locked on for twenty dollars off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So folks, we are in, uh, is it, I guess, day two of crisis mode here. Actually, it's been a crisis for a long time, so I'm not even going to start keeping up with days. But Chad Morris addressed the media, didn't really have anything new to say, new to get to, uh, other than just they got to stick with it, they got to fight through it, the, you know, the regular coach speech, which is fine, I don't expect him to come out and say anything else, uh, but uh, some people have been going around message boards and Twitter talking all this crap, and people wanted me to respond to it. As far as there being possible dissension, possible disarray, possible problems in the locker room with Razorback football. Now, I'm not going to come on this podcast and start saying, my sources say this, and here's what I've been hearing in the underground. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. But people will probably say, well, how can you speculate on there being any type of problem in the locker room unless you have heard it firsthand from somebody? Well, I've heard some things from people that I trust but I don't think it's I don't think I can verify it enough or at least make confirmation enough to really just come out and say it but I will say this folks you don't need me or anybody else in the media to tell you that there are problems in the locker room you can watch the game you can go back if you want to if you like suffering if you like uh, making a fool of yourselves and wasting your time go back and watch the Razorback football game, not only against Colorado State, but in especially against North Texas. Does that look like a team that has it all together in the locker room? No. Does that look like a team that is lacking serious leadership from the players on the field? Yes, it does. And then you add that into the fact that you have the Razorback players coming out in that press conference and kind of calling out the fans for the boos and all that, which we discussed on yesterday's podcast. Yeah, it's it's all pretty weird and pretty annoying. But there has no question that there is a problem in that locker room. And for anyone to say different is just fooling themselves. Let me break it down to you like this. When you see 
and have seen the type of performances that were put forth by these players and a lot of these players, especially the upperclassmen under the Brett Bielma era, you could tell that the uh, leadership was lacking. I think that there were some players that were true leaders in the Brett Bielma era. I think that a guy like Brandon Allen was a true leader. I think that even Sebastian Tretola was a leader. I felt like guys like Martrell Spate, Trey Flowers especially, even though that's more credit to Bobby than it is to Brett Bielma, but Trey Flowers, that dude was a true leader. And you and you had some instances of that. But the thing is, is being a leader is not just something you can work on in the offseason. That's not something that, well, if I just show up to the voluntary workouts on time every day and you know, I'm cool with all the players, then boom, I become a leader. It's just something you're born with. Some people are natural born leaders and other people are naturally born followers. That's just the way it is. And there's no question that this team is missing true leadership on the field. I'm not talking about just the seniors that they have who go out and do the coin toss. I mean, that doesn't make them leaders. And when you look at the differences in play and what this team has been bringing the past two weeks to the table it's 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 terrible and what it looks like to me now this is just me going off of my eyeballs and what I've seen and what it, what I've compared it to in other programs what I see is that I see a team with players that don't know how to win that don't know how to lead that don't know how to take responsibility, who like to deflect blame, and who are not fully bought into Chad Morris and his system. Now, I'm not saying all the players are that way at all. I, I think that there are probably quite a bit of them that think Chad Morris is a breath of fresh air and they're all about him. But there's no question that you can tell that there are some players that aren't hammering down in the left lane, so to speak. You can tell that they're thinking that this system that they were brought in for under Brad Bielma and going into this system that Chad Morris has is night and day. And they don't want to have any part of that. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to make the changes. But the most important thing is they don't want to take responsibility and accountability. They don't know how to win. They don't. And if you don't know how to win, if you don't know how to battle through adversity, then the type of product that you've been seeing on the field is exactly the product you're going to get until you start weeding out some of those problems maybe there, there may be some guys in there that may be cancerous that may be causing problems for other players but there's no question that there are issues in the locker room I mean it's just so painfully obvious and I think that anybody who has knowledge of the situation or at least from the things that I've been hearing it's part of it's probably from the players that are in those quote-unquote positions of leadership they're not true leaders they may think they are they may think that they're doing the right thing and they may have their heart in the right place but they don't know how to do it they don't have the mental toughness that it takes to be a leader and if they're not bought in and if the upperclassmen aren't bought in you have yourself quite a conundrum because chad morris knows that this team does not have a lot of talent doy but he also knows that he has to rely on as many players as he can and as many players with experience as he can and so now you're seeing a problem of maybe you know an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object 
where players are saying, hey, you need us. So we're going to kind of do it our way. But Chad Moore saying, well, you need me because I'm the head coach and I'm deciding who plays. So now you're you're seeing these problems. I don't really know how to fix it if I'm Chad Morris, but I'm telling you, if that's true, and if what you've been hearing as people have been tweeting at me and what I've been hearing, again, it's not substantiated, so I'm just going off of pure speculation. I don't want anyone to start rolling with this. But if the things that I've been hearing are true and that there is major problems with some of the Brett Bielema guys, then that needs to be nipped in the bud immediately by Chad Morris. And I think Chad Morris needs to go in and say, well, you guys are done you're i'm benching you and you're not playing i'm gonna play some people that are hungry i'm gonna play some freshmen play some sophomores that want to that are here that want to that want to be playing that want to win and that aren't causing the problems and if i'm chad morris i'm rather lose that way because you're gonna lose no matter what let's just be honest but I would rather lose with guys that want to be there, that want to put in the work, that want to put in the effort, and that aren't a problem in the locker room, rather than the people that are still bummed that Brett Bielma was fired, that don't like the system that Chad Morris is running, that don't respect the coaching staff, and that don't want to put in the work. Bench him. Have him respond that way. Sometimes you got to be that guy to do it. And I'm not completely alleviating criticisms from Chad Morris. I mean, the guy has done plenty that you could point at and say, hey, this this isn't good. This is this is a problem as well. And I totally get that. And again, those criticisms are warranted. But I think that there are a lot more issues that go deeper than just not having talent, folks. We can we can re- we can reiterate that point uh, from Saturday's game against North Texas. That's not a talent problem. That goes way deeper than that. This is a team that has no idea how to win. This is a team that has no idea how to be tough, how to overcome that adversity. And it's evident because these are Brett Bielma's players, and Brett Bielma's players didn't know how to do that. And I think that's what's the frustrating thing about it, and I feel for the players, is I think in their hearts and in their minds, they truly believe they are leaders, that they are players that can battle through adversity and can go out there and win games. But in reality, they're not because they just haven't been properly taught how. And Chad Morris, given all of his backgrounds and the type of teams that he's been a part of, and even though he may be an offensive genius, at least that's what's been told about it, he can't just turn everybody around and make them into leaders and make them into winners overnight, especially the guys that have had this culture indoctrinated in them. So this is quite a problem. And if they come out against Auburn and get beat by 50, which is very possible considering that a lot of these players seem to, they don't really care about playing and they don't really have pride in themselves and what they want to do, then that's fine. But it's going to be an even longer season and Chad Morris is going to have to weed out a lot of these problems. Is Chad Morris in over his head? Might be. But I don't necessarily think that's him because it's lack of experience. That may be part of it, because I know some people have brought it up, and I saw Trent Shaded, a good friend of mine, he wrote an article for Saturday Down South talking about that. Maybe he's in over his head, and that could be. But again, I think if he's in over his head, it's not because of his lack of experience or his lack of ability. It's because that situation that he's inherited is even worse than he thought. 
the worse than any of us thought. So time will tell, but man, that's a team that has problems. That's a team that has a locker room that's in disarray. And that's a team that doesn't know how to win. Maybe they can get it going. Who knows? We'll get to your tweets here in just a second. But, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. And usually what's te- what team it is to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to go to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site is very easy to use. I would only recommend this to all of you because I love you. Truly. I'm using that L word. I love you. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's a fantastic deal. So if you can be a little patient, I would recommend that. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code ONCOLLEGE25. That's ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code on college 25 when creating your account to claim up to thousand dollars in free play if you're willing to hold out until 7 p.m eastern time you can get an extra 25 dollars by play for free by paying in promo code on college 25 simple as that it's up to you guys but i'd wait until after dinner to take the extra money with my bookie you play you win you get paid Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on to the next part of the podcast. I took to Twitter to ask all of you to send in any questions or comments or things that you would like me to discuss on the podcast today. And just like always, you guys always have come through. So I'll try to get to as many questions as I can, time permitting, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with it. This comes from razorback shack man this is gonna be bad in case i read one of these that end up being dirty uh am i ever or am i going to have to wait until next year every year for hog football to be good again well razorback shack that is the old adage of just wait till next year but even next year i can't guarantee you anything i mean let's be honest folks this is just where it's at it's bad it's bad all around this is a three four year project at minimum and that's not even saying that Chad Morris is capable of doing that. I think he can be because you got to recruit your way out of it. But this isn't going to be just a, hey, next year, it'll all be better. It'll all be improved. I don't see why any indi- there, if there's any indication that that'll happen. They got to pick up it up on the recruiting trail. They got to get some athletes. They got to get some hungry players on this team ASAP. And this season, it's not going to be it maybe next season, maybe when they start getting rid of some of these seniors, that could be it too. But uh, as of right now, yeah, I guess just got to go with, uh, got to go with uh, waiting until next year and then waiting until the next year after that. So uh, this comes from Omaha, Oma, Omaha. I mean, why don't you guys just use names like regular normal people in the American society? Uh, Many fans are getting off social media until Razorbacks improve. Need your help to pull some off the ledge. Some are looking at LSU as temp team, temporary team to watch in the interim. Explain. So I guess you're saying that some fans have 
start watching LSU and rooting for LSU because they can't root for Arkansas and they're a fun team to watch. Well, let me tell you something, man. If uh, if there's actually Razorback fans that are doing that, then they're not Razorback fans. Um, I don't think you should ever go and just stop rooting for Arkansas and start rooting for another team. Now, I think that you can appreciate other teams and appreciate watching good football in addition to, but I still think you got to watch the Razorbacks and, and hope that they win. Not saying give up your Saturdays and, and spend 10, 12 hours tailgating to watch them get smoked by every team. I'm not saying anything like that, but I do believe that you got to at least still continue to root for the Razorbacks, cheer them on, and hopefully they uh, find some ways to win. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So I like the enthusiasm on the optimism. Good there. Hog in the mirror. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror and reevaluated today? I'm assuming that you're going off the comments from Chad Morris. Um, I have looked into the mirror and I did reevaluate myself. I reevaluated my haircut and how awful it was and how long my hair was getting. So I decided to buck up and, you know, put the hammer down in the left lane and go to the barber shop and get me a haircut. And I got to tell you, I've, I've never felt better. I made the adjustments. Um, I decided to become a leader and put the work in and put the effort in. And I think I came out on top. I think that, that the, the haircut result is about what I wanted. Obviously, you always want it to be as good as it can be, and you never want to give up on it. But uh, I, I like where we're at with the haircut. Um, still got to improve on it, take a day at a time, but I, I feel like it's it's going pretty well so far. So thank you, Hog in the Mirror. This comes from Caleb. Many of the players on this year's roster were recruited by other D1 schools and many uh, by, and many by other SEC programs. There's definitely more talent on this team than the 2013 team Brett Beam inherited and they won three games. Why do you think the production isn't there with this group? Well, Caleb, I respectfully disagree completely. There is not more team talent on this team than the 2013 team at, at all. That 2013 team, looking back on it, was a team that should have won at least six games. That should have been a surefire indicator that Brett Bielma couldn't get the job done. Because if you looked at the NFL talent on that 2013 team, you had Trey Flowers, who was a beast. You had Chris Smith. You had Darius Phylon. Boom. Right there. That's three defensive linemen that were just beast. Then you add in the fact that you still had a Martrell Spate. You still had a Tevin Mitchell. You still had some guys that were able to play. And that's just on the defense. Offensively, you had Jonathan Williams and Alex Collins. I know these guys were young and freshmen and whatnot, but you still had talent. Jonathan Williams, Alex Collins, Brandon Allen was quarterback, battling injury. That was tough. But you had Travis Swanson on the offensive line. Denver's Kirkland, Dan Skipper. Tied in was Hunter Henry. A lot of young talent. And Kiero Small was in the backfield as well. Uh, I mean, Keon Hatcher was on that team. You know, you had some guys that were talented. Young, sure, but talented. That team should not have won only three games. That was a complete, complete underachievement. So I have to disagree. And when you say, why isn't the production isn't there with this group? Because this group, as talked about in the first segment of the podcast, is just in disarray. They they don't know what to do. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to do whatever it takes to win. And they're not mentally tough to win. Plain and simple. Jake Weaver asks, if Buma were still here, thank God he isn't, would our record be any better? Honestly, I think not. Um, I, I don't think so. You know, because uh, this is the same town he's at. It may, you may have been competitive a little more. And the only reason I even think that or even say that is because this team would have been – this was recruited for that particular type of system. And so they may be more comfortable in that system. But 
no, you you probably still would have lost a lot of these games. In fact, most of these games uh, this season, it would have been. I, I don't want to sit here and say it would have been one and thirteen bad, but I mean, what are you talking about? Instead of that, you go two and did I say one and thirteen? One and eleven? What am I talking about? One and eleven, or maybe two and ten, three and nine at best case scenario. So I mean, yeah, it could be better, but not not enough to change. All right, let's see. Uh, Big Zaddy A says, love your stance on the whole booing issue. Other Arkansas media are really soft and going at the fans like that's the actual real issue and it's not the crappy product on the field. Uh, thank you, Big Zaddy. Um, I agree. I think that, you know, there's a lot of other media members that try to use that and even national media members. I see people that I follow on Twitter that cover the SEC and it's like, you guys, people have to use context, Okay. Just, they hear boos on the field, and they're like, oh, they were booing the players. Unacceptable. You're a jerk. That wasn't it. They were booing the fact that they were getting humiliated by North Texas on the field, on their own field at halftime. And they're one of the reasons why they were sucking so bad comes right back out instead of going with a different quarterback. Like, what did you expect the fans to do there? Oh, they expect them to say, yes, Cole Kelly's back. Woohoo! No. No, don't buy that at all. So thank you, Big Zaddy. Uh, let's see. Quavo Mayo. <laughs> guys in these names. What would be the line on Arkansas State if I no, no. What would be the line on Arkansas State versus Arkansas if they were playing Saturday in Fayetteville? Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to do this. But I'd probably be A State at minus four. We'll go with that. <laughs> um uh See, Paul says, I'd be curious to hear what you think about how they've handled the quarterback situation. Um, I don't really care for the quarterback situation and how they've handled it. Uh, I don't I don't think they've done a good job with it. I think that this uh, sticking, you know, playing a coaching carousel or quarterback carousel and, you know, going through a car wash. I think it's what Tower Wilson said on my show is, is a quarterback car wash and just going through different guys, trying to figure it out. You know, Ty Story didn't play a single snap last game against North Texas. Now he's starting. It was announced today he was starting. Uh, against Auburn okay it's just that thing I think it's but that again shows me I don't think it's Chad Morris just being incompetent I think that it's further showing there's problems in that locker room that doesn't make sense so I think that's uh that's all a big problem there as well so we'll get to your voicemails here in just a second at least the one voicemail that I think was really good uh and we'll talk about that and get into that in a lot more but you know what the season's here folks football it feels good even though it's not good for the Razorbacks it's good for everybody else right FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play if you're not a fantasy expert then FanDuel clearly is the best place to play FanDuel has something for everyone and there are always more ways to win than ever before if you don't believe me How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever, and here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. I love FanDuel. I love winning money. And let me tell you something. For someone's in the radio business, money is nice because it doesn't come around a lot. Just saying. So FanDuel has definitely been helping me out with that. Winning some cash on the side. Acting like I know what I'm talking about. Even though I'm probably just getting lucky. But that's all right. Money's money, right? 
So to get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on to the final segment of the podcast. I want to get to one voicemail that was left to me and uh, give a response to that. Because I think voicemails are fun. I actually get to hear a voice, to, Even though some of you don't leave your names, you need to work on that. But it's fun to get those responses. And, of course, if you want to ever leave a voicemail, it's really simple to do, actually. Because some people have been asking me. They're like, I don't know the phone number. What's your phone number? I'm not giving you my cell phone number. So you just got to call this number, 682 682- 747-6939 or 68274-ROWDY because why not? So, all right, here is Sneeze Feed leaving, leaving his voicemail. Well, John, it's old Sneeze Feed calling in. And, uh, you know, I don't usually call in to anything or leave voicemails, but I figured it's about time that I leave one. Uh, first off, I want to say that... Uh, Absolutely. Chad Morris is doing a complete and total gut of this team, getting all the crybabies and everything off the team that don't like to be booed, you know. Um, I'm a strong believer that fans shouldn't boo their own team, but at the same time it's going to happen and, and you got to grow up and deal with it. Uh, so I believe that both can be right, you know. They shouldn't boo, and at the same time, you got to grow up. No more victim mentality on this football team. The second thing that I want to say is that I went through and I was looking at all the offensive linemen that we've got on the roster. There are 17 listed on the on the Arkansas Razorback website roster, right? Uh, out of those, only four offensive linemen had four Power 5 offers. Those were Yelta Froholt, Brian Wallace, Jalen Merrick, and Dalton Wagner. And let's remember that Yelton moved over from defensive line. Uh, only one had three power five offers, and that's Austin Caps, who also moved over from defensive to offensive line. Okay? Uh, there are 17. There are 10 that were either walk-ons or didn't have a power five offer and just got a scholarship to Arkansas. Brett Bielema was supposed to be the best offensive line coach in the country. I don't know if Chad's the answer or not. He's made some head-scratching decisions, but he's the card that we're dealt with, and we got to deal with him. And, uh, you know, it is a lack of talent thing. Uh, just go look at the offensive line. Look at their offers. Look at the talent that they've got there. Uh, not a good way to, to, to run an offense, especially the offense that he's designed for, and they're big and they're meaty, and they're not the kind of offensive linemen that he needs. And quite frankly, most of them aren't that talented, and the ones that are were moved over from defensive line. So uh, with that being said, that's just about all i got to say. I'm sure I, I went very much over my time, and you can cut me down or whatever. But uh, there it is, and that's all i got to say. Woo pig. Well, appreciate the phone call, Sneed Feed. Um, <laughs> yeah, drink your Red Bull, man. Get happy. It's supposed to be a good time, right? You're a Razorback fan. Times are good. Uh, yeah, so I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said, and you've reiterated a lot of points that have been talked about on this podcast. As far as the Brett Bielma thing and, and you know being the offensive lineman and, and where they're at as far as the scholarships and how good this offensive line is, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but honestly, fellas and ladies, if you're listening, 
there ha- the offensive line hasn't been that bad. I mean, I'm just being real about it. It has not been as bad as what I thought it would be. The quarterbacks have had time to throw the ball. Now, I know they haven't been great in opening up holes a lot of times, and that's you know a problem, but I think that the pass blocking has actually been pretty good. So I don't know how much of a problem that is, especially on the offensive line, but it is a little scary in the fact that a lot of these players had offers to big time schools and are getting worked over by teams like North Texas, like Brian Wallace, you know, he had, he had a bad game and he was one of the better players of the recruiting class that Brett Bielma had that year where he had offers to Oklahoma and uh, Georgia. I mean, some big time offers and he decided to come into Arkansas, which, you know, was, it was a great get at the time, but he just hasn't developed or anything like that. So I think that I do think that there's talent on this Razorback football team. It's just not high-end talent. Good talent, not great talent. But it's not being utilized the right way because either A, those individuals don't want to buck up and start playing the game that they need to play, or B, you just have a situation where they're not coming along as as quickly as you would hope. So I don't believe that this team is worse than North Texas. Like top to bottom, if you looked at that roster – how many of those players should be better than Arkansas that are on North Texas? I think North Texas had the better quarterback, maybe a better wide receiver. But besides that, I mean, top to bottom, Arkansas looks like, at least on paper and the type of athletes that some of these guys are, they should be better than North Texas, and they're not. So, you know, it's going to take some time and – I I hate I know I know everyone's tired of hearing that I I get it I really do I'm tired of saying it, but I don't know what else you can do. You just got to recruit your way out of this, man. You just got to recruit your way out of it, get better from it, learn from it, and hope for the best going forward. I mean that's all I can say. It sucks because I know it's not enough, but it's the best I can say right now. So appreciate the voicemails, appreciate the tweets, and appreciate you listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or you can go to Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're all over the place. So be sure to check out the Locked On Razorbacks podcast on all different matters. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.